Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper. It's episode 121. It's your old mate here, DJ Payne. And on this episode, Matthew and I kick off a brand new edition of Thrive Deeper. We've just started a brand new Thrive Deeper that will take us through May, June and July 2021. It's all about the book of That's right. This next three months, we are going through the book of Acts, otherwise known as the Acts of the Apostles. So this is part one of a six-part series on the book of Acts. Over the next six episodes, we're going to be talking all about this early church history. I am so excited. I've also got an incredible special offer on Matthew Jacoby's book that we want to give to you. So keep on listening for that. Let's get right into it now. The Book of Acts, part one on Thrive Deeper. Matthew, Mm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, actually. We're turning over a leaf. Yeah, uh, we've jumped forward, what is it, about 15... Hundred years, you know, mm-hmm. over, probably over fifteen hundred years yep. into a into not only the New Testament, mm. but we're going to be spending the next three months on the Book of Acts. Yeah, and so we should. <laughs> It'll be great. I like I like your your uh, your strong opinion straight away. Like mm. it's a, it's a must. But I, I, I look as much as I love the Old Testament. Yeah. Um. I feel like I've been living in the desert with Moses and the crew for a long yeah. time, even mentally, you know, yeah. l- thinking about the laws and, and mm. Leviticus and stuff like that. Now to go all the way and to see what Moses prophesied, mm. what Mo- Moses saw a glimpse of that yeah, we got right, right at yeah. the end in his sermons, he prophesied about one that would come. We go to what does that actually yeah. flesh out? Yeah, that's right. In, yeah. In, you know, in the book of Acts. So uh, I'm I'm super excited. We got a brand new copy of Thrive. If you don't get the uh, physical copy, you can get the digital copy. Make sure you, uh, you you actually get the daily reading guide Thrive there mm-hmm. to take you through it. And um, uh, it's it's uh, the brand new one there. You should have that in your hands. Uh, you know, already, if it hasn't gotten out to you, something's probably wrong in the post, and <laughs> let us know. But uh, let's let's do a bit of an overview of the Book of Acts. We've got uh, no no real um, you know confusion here. It's it's the the sequel, yeah, part two, yeah, uh, from Doctor Luke. That's right. So Doctor Luke, who writes the Gospel of Luke, yeah, uh, he now continues this with an account of. Uh, the works of, well, it's really, um, it's interesting the way that this opens up, and I think this is a good way uh, to introduce this. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, so he's writing to some Roman official, we're not sure uh, actually who is, it's been suggested, is this someone that is involved in Paul's trial in Rome, perhaps? Okay. Maybe. Um, uh, Or a new believer or... uh, Well, um, yeah, we're not sure. But it, it's, I mean, why? Why would this be addressed? I mean, he must be an important uh, 
figure yeah. in to, for this to be addressed specifically to him. Uh, now it could have been that he was a leader in in the church. I've heard I've heard it could have been someone who was who was funding Luke's. You Perhaps, know, yeah, like, I'll, like I'll, a patron. Yeah, yeah I'll patronise you to yeah. to write this for me. Yeah, write yeah. the write, yeah. write anyway, the account. So down. it says in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do yeah. and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. So, um, so if the book of Luke is about what Jesus began to do, yeah. this is what I, I that. I love Introductory that. sentence. I love that because implied in that is that the book of Acts is the book of what Jesus continues to do by his Holy Spirit yeah. through his people. Yeah. So, in a sense, it's often uh, the traditional title for the book is the Acts of the Apostles. But actually, I think a better title would be the Acts of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because that's really, because when you follow the book, um, that's the common thread through the whole book mm. is the is the is what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus is doing by the Spirit, yeah, uh, to advance the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 um, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you and if you've got depending on the type of Bible you've got, you might have an old uh, older one that has the Acts yeah. of the Apostles. Yeah. Most <laughs> most uh, modern translations will just have the word Acts yeah, at, that's right. at, at yeah. the front of it, which isn't really a great. <laughs> Descriptive, you know, yeah. like acts. What does that mean? Is this yeah. a theatre play? Is it an act? Like I've had yeah. people go, "What is this? What is like people who are new to the faith? What does this mean? Acts? Like yeah. are they acting out something? Yeah. No, it's the you know, it's it should actually be like action or yeah, well, it's you know, in a sense, it's the enactment of everything that Jesus promised. Yeah, of what Jesus gave. Yeah. To his disciples, and and the you know the greatest gift in a sense. Uh, I mean, Jesus ascended into heaven uh, because Jesus says, "I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age." That's a promise for all Christians. Yeah. Um, well, Jesus, when he was physically incarnate in in the you know human Jesus Christ, yeah. could be with a number of people, but how is he going to be present with everyone? Yeah. Uh, well, it's by the Holy Spirit, yeah. and and in that way. Jesus is going to empower all of his people. So it in a sense it's the enactment yeah. of what Jesus wa- of the promise. What Jesus began to do, yeah. but then empowers us to do. Yeah. And 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 when we talk about um I think a, a key word for me as I've begun going through the book of Acts again is promise. The concept of promise. Yeah. Where not only does it fulfill the promises, especially the promises we get in Luke and the Gospel of John. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Jesus promises some pretty big things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we get the fulfillment of that in Acts, but we also get the fulfillment of so many promises from the Old Testament. Yeah, that's right. So many promises yeah. from the Old Testament are fulfilled yeah. in the book of Acts. That's right. Uh, that's It's one of the, the threads. I think that's often not seen. Mm. It's very important, I think, to interpret uh the book of Acts in the light of the Old Testament, um, because there are some significant things that this is fulfilling along the way. Now, there are yeah. obvious things. We'll talk about the day of Pentecost in a moment. Yeah. Um, but there are there are other aspects to the outworking of this yeah. um, that that really are connected with a lot of different promises. So, yes, it is, it, in many ways, it's the enactment yeah. of a whole lot of things that are promised. Yeah. 
um, it's it's the beginning of a story that we're now still in. Is it is it is it right for me? And again, I, I, I'll I'll use a word that I know how much uh, you know you 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 hate, and I I just like to use it because you hate it so much. Coming from a very dispensational view of the yeah. Bible and the history and everything like that, and straight away Matt starts laughing at me, and I would I would say I hold dispensationalism with the, the most open, loose hand you could possibly hold. Mm. I, I, you know, again for those of you who grew up in that same type mm. of church or household with charts on the wall and dates and mm. you know everything, everything rightly divided, you know, type mm. of thing. I, I I approach the Book of Acts as a very transitional time. Does that make sense? Is the word transition, you know, because I do I do see, I'll, I'll put it this way. Yeah. The church that we're introduced to, and this is the introduction to yeah, the church, yeah. but the book of Acts covers a big period of time. Yeah, like right. Like covers decades. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yep. and, and so the church that we're introduced to in Jerusalem at mm. the beginning, the church that we have at the end with Paul in front of, the, mm. you know, on trial in Rome, there's been a big, ch- there's been a change in one sense. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, still the has, same yeah, church. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's gone from um, a movement within Judaism to uh, a kingdom movement that involves that's that transcends national boundaries, language boundaries, yeah. and. Uh, and so, yeah, it really, it really is something different by the end. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, sometimes when I've said that in the past to people, I see it as a very transitional book. It's almost like mm. a growing pains type of book, you yeah. know, type of thing. Yeah. As the, as the yeah, church no, is I think born, there's, a, there's certainly is a sense of that. Yeah. Pe- people get a bit like, oh no, this is the pattern right at the beginning of how it's supposed to be all, for all time. I'm like, I don't know. There's transitions through, yeah. you know, there's corrections through it. I, I love the fact that we. You know, this is why I love books like this so much, is because even the early church heroes mm. aren't presented as perfect. Yeah, that's right. Even yeah. Paul, like the, yeah. we are introduced to them, and and they're getting corrected. They yeah. God is using them, but they're still human. You know, like yeah, that's these. Right. Yeah. So, well, a lot of the a lot of the big a lot of the things that are happening um, are actually laying down principles that are saying something about the DNA of this movement, this new movement. Yeah. So, for example, the the fact that on the day of Pentecost, which is really, we'll look at that, the birth of the church, you get all of these people from different nations and different languages, yeah. that that actually is really, really important um, moment because it says something about the nature of the church. A lot of things that, that, are, um, that are done have this prophetic significance. Mm-hmm. They connect with the Old Testament imagery yes. Yes. and uh, and they say something about the newness yes. of what is new about this movement. Yep. So, it's transitional, but th- there's a permanency in the sense that it's laying the foundation for the very character and, and DNA that's going to characterize this new yep. movement. Um, and, of course, there are unique things about this because of the transitional character, because it's going from, you know, a, a Jewish a, a Jewish faith, a movement within Judaism, to something that transcends that, yeah. uh, moves beyond that. And, um, and so, yeah, you do see that happening throughout this book. Just there's some of the few little points that I want to yeah. point out there. And, 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 and the other factor is, 
like a lot of the books in the Bible, it doesn't give you and and like dates at the beginning of each chapter or what stories happen. But going through the story of the Book of Acts, it literally takes us from about well, takes us from the the ascension of Christ, which you know we're not exactly sure when that happened. Mm, around thirty, yeah. Around thirty AD could be yep. twenty seven, could be thirty three, but yep. around thirty AD takes us all the way through to Paul in Rome. That was in the mid sixties yeah, AD. Right, yeah. You know, so we've got a space of thirty years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In in this book of Acts, yeah. establishing this new thing called the church. Yeah. You know, the fulfillment of all these promises. So I think the best outline for the book of Acts is given by Jesus himself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The final things that he says before yeah. he ascends to heaven. Yeah. That's in chapter right. one. Yeah. So he says a couple of things uh, here. Um, he says that. Um, one occasion while he was eating with him, he gave him this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Uh, now, that statement is important because what is going to happen to them on, day, on the day of Pentecost needs to be interpreted in terms of previous promises, and yes. we'll talk about that uh, in a moment. So, um, so the, the idea is don't rush out and do everything. Wait for the gift my father promised because Jesus said, I don't want you to do anything except through the power of the Holy Spirit because this is this is what this kind of movement is. This is a, this is a Holy Spirit movement. Uh, and uh, so, so wait for the gift uh, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days uh, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, and we're going to see uh, that happening. So, he, and then he also says to them, "It is well." They say, uh, they ask him, "Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel?" <laughs> you know, I mean, there's still this still shows that they're, you know, um, they're still thinking very nationalistic. But what is going to happen, and and this is what Jesus points out, is that this moves way, way beyond Israel. This is not just about restoring the kingdom Mm. to Israel. This is about restoring God's kingdom on earth, on the whole earth. They've they've still got that old Davidic, you know, kingdom mindset, you know, with Jesus as the political king leader of this nation that will affect the world. And Jesus is like, you, you haven't got it yet. So, so they're not not completely wrong because it's not – because it's just bigger than what they think. So, yes, yes, he is going to restore the kingdom uh, to to Israel. And Israel as really because the church begins as a Jewish movement. uh, And that was the way it was to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. That's going to be the pattern actually throughout the book of Acts, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Um, So, we'll we'll see that happening because that was God's pattern. Uh, To Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. So, to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. So, we're going to see that pattern. Um, So, so yes, restore the kingdom to Israel, but yeah, it's going to be uh, a uh, you know global yeah. a global movement. So um, his answer to them, therefore, um, he says, "It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem." And in all Judea and Samaria, that's the the sort of first no-go zone. See, yes. you know, th- there were two levels of no-go zones for Jewish people. Samaria was one of them, yeah. and then the nations yeah. is, is the other one in a sense. it's uh, th- They were the ec- the excluded people. When I say no glo- no-go zones, mm-hmm. they were seen as people ex- excluded 
in, in some sense from God's covenant community. So what Jesus is saying is that those whom you, uh, and, and again, it's an answer to that question, when are you going to restore the kingdom to us? Yep. So, you know, it's all about us and what we get. Actually, it's what Jesus is essentially saying. It's about what you actually just reminding you, this is about not what you get, but what you give. Uh, and and so, in answer to that question, he's, in a sense, opening up those exclusion zones. Yeah. Um, that we're opening up, It's this is going out to them. They're going to be included, even the Samaritans included in the covenant community. That's the sort of first ring. And then right to the ends of the earth. So, yeah. the Gentiles, in yeah. other words, as well. So, that sets... The st- really the structure for the book in many ways because it, it, it does. you have uh, the work uh, in uh, the area of Jerusalem. Then there's a spread in by, I think, chapter 8 out mm. to uh, Judea, Judea, the whole Samaria. of Judea, yep. and then into Samaria. And then yep. uh, gradually the book moves out. And once we start focusing on the missionary journeys of Paul, mm. um, then he's going out to the rest of the nations, the Gentiles. So, it's a, it's a really, um, and the way that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, you, you know, using Dr. Luke uh, to, to outlay the book like this yeah. is, is a really beautiful way, you know, that, that he does it. You know, Jesus giving us the overview and then then we actually see that what Jesus says is, is would happen yeah. is exactly yeah. what's fulfilled. The thing, the thing that interests me about this is, yes, you see, you know, okay, Luke is writing this and, and, you know, he's very exact, he's interested in history and the facts and these sorts of things. But there's something about this that transcends just Luke because this the pattern here is such a biblical pattern, like mm. this idea that the whole book is structured based on a promise. Mm. Uh, that's pretty much how everything, you know, book mm. of Genesis, mm. uh, you know, God says, I will make your great nation, I'll bless you, yeah. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, I'll bless those who curse you, those who bless you, I'll bless, and, you know, all the ends of the earth will be blessed through mm. you. Well, mm. that's, the book of Genesis is basically structured yeah. off that, that's yeah. the whole, so in the same way, uh, this is exactly what's happening in the book of Acts, structurally, is that Jesus makes this, announces this, yeah. this is what's going to happen, yeah. and then the whole book unfolds on that pattern. It, it, it very much the pattern of, you know, like, again, you've just reminded me of Genesis, the pattern that we see from God that he speaks it. Yeah. And it is so. That's right. Absolutely. Jesus yeah. is now fulfilling the, the yeah, God role right. there of saying, I'm going to speak forth what is going to happen. Yeah. That's, but the difference yeah. now is you're in partnership with me, yeah, empowered, well, I think, empowered by yeah. the spirit to yeah, make it happen. Right, yeah. And I, I mean, I think that was always the case. Yes. That was always the case. But, but it was throughout the Bible you have this announce and then fulfillment, yeah. and that's fulfillment. And so, this is very much, we're, we're in the realm here of inspired biblical yeah. utterance because there's the there's prophecy, fulfillment, prophecy, fulfillment. Yeah. Um, now, of course, uh, you know, you just can't rig that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's really going to take the power of the Spirit to actually fulfill this prophecy. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, and that's basically what we see unfolding. Yeah. 
Oh boy, there's so much. I mean, again, we've got six parts. I keep reminding myself we've got yeah. six parts, six episodes to get yeah, through the need book to of it. We're going to need to move along here. I know, I know. But I'm like, man, is there going to be enough? Because there's so much I love to dive. The every there's like literally multiple parts in every chapter that is just worth such the deepest dive. Yeah. In all these, all these different, uh, you know, in, in the thing, you know, even right from the beginning, um, you know. It's fantastic storytelling. It's so the the way that he concludes and wraps up the story of Judas. Yeah, you know, in chapter one as well, we get yeah. this. You know, because there's this horrible feeling at the end of the Gospels mm. of, of this person who was the closest to one of the closest friends of mm. Jesus betrays him. And uh, what happens next? How do they? How do they get out of that? And we and we get that at the beginning of the Acts. Yeah. Well, the I mean, the extra significance of that, and probably the greater significance, is this idea that the apostles are in some ways representative of Israel, the twelve tribes of Israel. Yeah. This is what we're going to see here. Is is a um and in the, here in the next chapter is a fulfilment of the idea that God is going to draw, because remember the 12 tribes of Israel, 10 tribes in um, 721 BC were taken away. The northern tribes. Yeah, and scattered, the yeah. northern tribes, 10 northern tribes. You know, And then you have the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, and Benjamin is absorbed into Judah. So you get the Jews. Yeah. So this is, and but there's always this promise and, uh, you know, is. um uh, Ezekiel 37, for example, promises this ingathering from all amongst the nations, my scattered people, and that's the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. So it's the, um, uh, so, so we see that, we see this kind of reconstitution of the 12 tribes here. So actually this, there being 12 apostles yes. is really important because it's like the 12 patriarchs yeah. that are fr- from whom are going to come this sort of, this reconstitution of Israel. And there's definitely a lot of echoes. And this is the amazing thing about God using, uh, you know, this this Greek believer, Dr. Luke, you know, yeah. you know, in writing this book, the echoes and the depth of early patterns from the law, from the, from yeah. the Torah, from the first yeah. five books, is so much yeah, that's throughout right. the book yeah, of Acts. Absolutely. You, if you feel, I encourage you, if as you're reading, if you feel a bit of an echo or a rhyme happening from something that you've read in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, yeah. explore that yeah, because yeah. because you're probably on yeah, the right, right track. You, yeah, you, right. It's intentional yeah, there. That's right. And and in line with that, again, uh, what we see in the next chapter, in Acts yeah. chapter 2, is the again the gathering of people from all different nations. It is very emphatic about that, that there were these people gathering on the day of Pentecost at the founding of the church who were from all these different nations. So that kind of signifies... And they're all Jewish people. Okay, yeah. so it's the the in gathering. This is yeah. a reconstitution of the twelve tribes now. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning. All right. Well, let's get into it. Chapter. So that is chapter one. We have yep. we have Jesus's commission. Jesus ascends into heaven. I love the fact we have these two angels going, "Hey, Galileans." Move it. You yeah. got work to do, type of yeah, thing. Don't just right. yeah. don't just stand there gaping. You know, let, let, let's go. Um, and so, well, they, I, I mean, the, what the angels say is that he, as as he has gone, so he will come, return. Yeah. So he's coming back. Yeah. So that that has a framing effect on what happens now. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's ascending into heaven. He's going to empower the church by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, when I go, yeah. in, in John chapter, you taught, you mentioned John, he yeah. said, when I go, uh, that's f- for your best, yeah. because I will send the, the, the counselor, the comforter, the, you know, yeah. 
that's how Jesus can be with us always to the very end of the age, mm. okay? Because at the end of the age, as the angel announces here, yeah. Jesus is going to come back and bring uh, bring the age to a close. Yeah. So yeah. and so this is entering that that church age, and that begins, of course, in chapter two. Yeah. All right. So we we've we've got uh, you know the, the, that replacement for Ju- for Judas there, Matthias. Yeah. You know, uh, is replaces counted one of the eleven apostles, yep. uh, and then we have the big. This is the big beginning of the book, mm-hmm. chapter two. Yeah, this that's is right. the exciting thing, uh, the day of Pentecost. Now, Matt, remind us what the festival of Pentecost is about. Okay, so this is a this is a a, a festival that was uh, added uh, later on uh, in in the history. It was. Um, to actually, well, initially it was about celebrating the giving of the law to Moses, yeah. but it became a harvest festival. Uh, and seven weeks after the Passover, yes. they celebrated this harvest festival. And so, um, now, I mean, there, there's discussion around why on this particular festival. And and I think that being on, and certainly by this time, it was very much uh, associated with the idea of harvest, yeah. Um, but its connection with the law, I, I think these two connections are important because yeah. um, as uh, it's a celebration of the giving of the law to Moses. Let me say something about that first, because of course Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter thirty-six had said, "I will write, uh, I, I, I will sprinkle you with water. You know, I'll put mm-hmm. your spirit." I'll put my spirit in your hearts, mm. so that to move you to do my laws and decrees. Mm. You know, um, so in a sense, this is the application of God's law, not on tablets of stone, mm. but this is the giving of the law. Mm. So the, the um, you know, the appropriateness of a festival that celebrates the giving of the law of Moses, because this is the giving of the law, not on tablets, but uh, onto the hearts of the people. Which is what Moses, you know, literally cried about, yeah. you know, to, to the people often again, you know, again and again. You've got hearts of stone, that heart yeah. needs to change. One day it will. Yeah. It's going to be a long way away. Something's going to happen. And now we finally get the fulfillment of this yeah. on and the so, day of Pentecost. And, and then the second aspect to that is the the har- idea of harvest. Well, this mm. is the harvest. This is actually, uh, in a sense, this is the kingdom coming to fruition in some sense. But it's also... Uh, this is now a time of harvest. Yeah. Uh, this is opening up a time of harvesting the nations in a sense. Wow. So, yeah. I love it. Okay, so let's get to it. The the the, the day of Pentecost is a uh, festival, uh, goes on in Jerusalem, and you have all these uh, pilgrims yep. from from. All over the place, yeah. You know, and 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 Luke is very, you know, very uh, meticulous, yeah. Uh, in in writing down, okay, this is where they were from. He lists a whole bunch of, yeah. You know, all that surrounding from Libya all the way around. Yeah. They've come into the into this place, uh, yeah. into Jerusalem to celebrate this day. You know, this Pentecost, mm. and because we have to remind ourselves this, because we tend to forget this as modern re- readers. All of the apostles and the whole early church, these ragbag crew that are still following the teachings of Jesus, yeah. you know, these, you know, these all these months later, yeah. they're all Jews as well. Yeah, that's right. You yeah, know, so yeah, they, they yeah, want to come and celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. So it says in in chapter two, and I'll I'll, I'll go fairly close to the text now, and I'll we'll comment on it as I go. So it says suddenly. So first of all, they're all together in one place. Mm. Um. 
uh, now, I mean, you know, even that's important because this constant come together, come together, God is constantly gathering uh, his people. I mean, that's such a big biblical theme. It was a gathering. For, this is why, you know, we create this regular cycle of gathering, mm. becoming together mm. in one place, such mm. an important part of being the church. Mm. And in fact, as time went on, this was so important, they would actually risk a lot to actually do that. Yep. It was their gathering together that... Um, drew the attention of the Roman authorities and make that made them look like a threat, you know. Mm. So uh, I think that's important to recognise that gathering together is an actual crucial part of what it means to be a part of God's family. So they were all in one place. Then verse two suddenly. Um, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, remember in Ezekiel uh, chapter 37, yeah. uh, is you, we have that vision of the dry bones. Yeah. And God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the four winds yeah. so that the, the breath, the wind, ruach in Hebrew is the word for wind or spirit. Yeah. It's, it's the same word. It's the same word, wind or spirit. Yeah. So, he says, prophesy to the four winds to... to uh, to f- give life to these dry bones, mm. uh, and so Ezekiel does that, and it's a basically that is a prophecy uh, of this particular period is that God is going to do something to revive, to to put life and power, and to re- raise an army mm. uh, for this time of harvest. Okay, so this is actually this this you know, and so Ezekiel prophesies, mm. and this is the fulfilment of that act of. Prophecy. I love it. Uh, so, of course, Ezekiel sees that in a vision that they come up and they become a mighty army, but that's just in a vision. This is now the result of Ezekiel's act of prophesying to the dry bones. In reality, this is what's happening uh, in reality. So, the, the sound like a violent wind comes from heaven. This is uh, the breath uh, that's coming to fill the dry bones. And then uh, verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. Now, throughout the Bible, uh, fire, cloud, smoke is the symbol of God's presence. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Abraham, when he has that vision of God passing between the pieces, when God makes that covenant with him in, in Genesis chapter 15, yeah. it's a fire pot, a smoking fire pot, right, yeah. passes between uh, the pieces. That's a symbol of God's presence. Uh, uh, God appears to Moses in a burning bush on, yeah. the, on the mountain. Uh, the uh, the presence of God uh, through the time in the desert yep. uh, appears as a pillar of cloud and fire, yeah. okay? Yeah. When the, in uh, chapter 40, you know, the glory of the Lord enters, there's the cloud and fire entering the tabernacle. Yeah. This is the, the standard symbol. So, uh, and, and particularly that idea in Exodus 40 of the pillar of cloud and fire filling, you know, filling the tabernacle. Mm. Um, this, in a sense, what's happening here is that the presence of God now is filling the new tabernacle. 100%. Because it was always prof- – I mean, the, the, the physical tabernacle of yeah. physical materials was mm. always a symbol yeah. of something. Yeah. Uh, future, yeah. um, the sacrifices were symbol of what, symbols of what Jesus Christ would do, but the tabernacle itself uh, and the temple that would follow yeah. was actually to be a symbol of the church. Mm. And Paul makes that very clear in Ephesians chapter two and Ephesians chapter four that we are like the stones in the temple of God, where yes. that God has created a living temple. Uh, so this is this is the Holy Spirit. 
the presence of God, the fire, clouds, smoke, yeah. filling the new tabernacle. And it's interesting that it says that it's that there is this a flame upon each individual person yeah, yeah. because we become temples of the Holy Spirit, but in a very uh, important sense, in a as we combine, we become this, as Paul says, this holy dwelling in yeah. which God lives by his spirit. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing how all like the imagery is so rich. Ah, the Old so, Testament, so rich, yeah. the, the Old Testament imagery is so rich. And we, as reading it, we are meant to be thinking straight away about all the things that you've just mentioned, the law being given to Moses and Aaron and the Levite priests fulfilling that law, and then finally they were able to come into the temple and God was able to be there, you know, all that type of stuff. We're meant to think of those things. We're meant to think of the pillar of fire coming in. In in both of its its glory and its uh, terror, Mm. you know, type of thing, uh, and 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 when we read this as the spirit of God coming, you know, finally, yep. permanently coming yep. as yep. the pro- as the promise here, yep. uh, you know, that Jesus's promise into into the into the you know the believers who are yep. gathered, we see them as you said, you know, we're individual tabernacles, yep. but yet together, yeah, that's right. You know, this is an introduction. Luke makes it really clear. In this, in this first part of the book, he introduces to this idea of what this new temple, mm. what, what is God's real temple desire yep. like? Yeah. Because we keep going to the existing Jewish temple, the old temple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Luke will be getting to take, Luke is almost going, okay, watch carefully. This is the new that God wants to do yeah. in the church. Yeah. This is what it looks like. I'm going to compare it to the old. I'm yeah. going to compare it to the Jewish way <clears throat> yeah. of doing it. With this temple, they're going to be going back and forth to the old to the old temple in Jerusalem, and then you'll see what God's doing in His new temple, the believers, yeah, as, as right. they go on. And interesting, just a note too, is that what we're going to see in these early stages is that those who are associated with the old temple are constantly trying to destroy the new temple. <laughs> but in response, within... 40 years oh. of this, that old temple is completely destroyed. Yeah. And what is left standing is the new temple. So that's, I think, an important oh, historical note. Oh, definitely. Now, uh, let's, let, we, we've got a lot here to jump into into, okay. into Pentecost here. I'm so excited to get, get into this, but I think it's time to take a break. I'm excited about this break. Make sure you listen to the break because uh, I've got a really special offer on a, uh, on a book by one Dr. Matthew Jacoby. So we want to let you know about that in the break. So keep on listening to that. We'll be back with a very exciting day of Pentecost here on Thrive Deeper. DJ Payne, and have I got an offer for you? That's right, I'm turning into the smarmy salesman that you've always feared that I would become. It's time for a listener's special offer. 
If you head over to thrivetoday.tv at the top of the page, you will see listeners special offer. I need you to go and click on that because you are going to be offered for a very short time here, Matthew Jacoby's book, Deeper Places. Did you know he'd written a book on the Psalms and how we are to go deeper with God through this amazing book in the Bible? Now, Matthew wrote this a few years ago. He has revised it, updated it, and given it one more chapter all about the angry Psalms. I know I need that every now and then, but uh, Deeper Places is usually selling the paperback version for $20 from the website. If you use the listener's special offer and add the word, the coupon code, THRIVE to your shopping cart. If you head over there, click the link, add the book to your shopping cart and use the word THRIVE, it goes from being $20 to $10. Can you believe it? Told you I was excited. $10 for deeper places. All yours. Half off. Make sure you head over to thrivetoday.tv, click on Listener's Special Offer, pick that book, that paperback copy of Deeper Places, use the coupon code THRIVE in the shopping cart, and you'll be getting it for $10. Now, this offer is only good for Australia. I'm sorry, American listeners. I'm sorry, New Zealand listeners. And listen, if you are listening outside of Australia and you're desperate to get this book, well, just order it anyway, okay? We'll do it. We'll send it to you for normal price. If you've got a great case and you want to make it to us, that we should send it to you cheaper. Get in contact with us, but uh, you still can get the book. You can order it there from the website. All right, there we go. That's enough from me being the salesman here for Matt's book. Deeper places for half off $10, crazy price. And it also makes a great gift to those in your life. You're looking for that perfect gift for someone who's got everything? Copy of the new book from Matthew Jacoby, Deeper Places, the second edition. All right, let's get back into the book of Acts here on Thrive Deeper. Thrive Deeper, episode 121. Thank you so much for sticking with us. DJ and Matthew here as we begin our journey into the book of Acts. And we are in chapter two, where the church is born. This we is are. it. The birth of the church. You, you, you took a break while I, I literally am sitting here with a paper Bible, which is, yeah. and I've got my fingers... Do you, in, need some in more the- <laughs> you need some more bookmarks there, Matt. <laughs> I got my fingers in parts got- <laughs> uh, of the Old Testament because this, that's just uh, like symbolic of what we're dealing with yeah. here, that this is, uh, you know, a, a time of amazing fulfillment. And uh, we've talked about that really what's happening here on the day of Pentecost is that this is the, the, the glory of the Lord is filling the new tabernacle. Yeah. This is the new temple. This is, what, this is the, uh, new, the new design of God. Um, 
So yeah. okay, so, so let's so let's go there. Go, jump into the jump into the passage so in the Old Testament. We've, we've talked about the, the the sound like a violent wind uh, fulfilling Ezekiel thirty seven. Yeah. Uh, the tongues of fire, the, the symbol of God's presence. Uh, fill, this is the glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle. Then it says all of them uh, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Yeah. Now, uh, what we're going to see later on is that. All of the people uh, around. Um, uh, actually, I'll read this now because yeah, uh, it good. follows right, right on, right upon. So now they were staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Uh, that's very a big statement, but the, the it, there's know, a point. But to that. It's a, there's a, a sort of symbolism uh, to yeah. that. When they heard uh, this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment. Each one heard them speaking in his own language. Yeah. So the sound. So again, we want to be really clear here. So these. So the uh, pilgrims from all over, all over the world, all yeah. the Jewish tribes are there in yeah. Jerusalem. They hear the wi- rushing wind sound yeah. because it's a violent, yeah, yeah. Rush, you know, like you'd hear a tornado or yeah. a hurricane or something, and so they all come running to where yeah. these where the yeah, yeah. where these guys are, are, are staying, and when they get there, they're amazed because they're, now we're going to get into the details of mm. of the practicalities of of what is happening here, the sign yeah. that is happening. All of the there's about 120 people in this upper room, isn't there? Is is it we find? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So with Peter and the apostles, there's you know another hundred or so people with them. Mm. They all experience this birth of the church, the Holy Spirit indwelling, yeah. the the flame, the 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 gift of of languages that they yeah, are speaking. Yeah. And so when they or when all these different foreigners turn up, they're going, "Hang on, this guy is." Yeah. Speaking my language. Yeah. This guy speak, And someone goes, oh, well, this. So let's be clear here because I've heard different interpretations of what this, yeah. uh, what this is. The miracle is yeah. that, the, the, that let's pick on, you know, young John, the apostle John is standing yeah. there as a Galilean. And all of a sudden he wants to tell everybody about the wonderful works that God has done through Jesus and the yeah. gospel and what is happening. And he starts speaking, but out of his mouth comes a different language, a language that he had never known before. Now, he can understand what he is saying, but he just happens to be speaking a different language, a specific language. Let's say it's a dialect from Africa, you know, type of thing. And so, when a believer runs up who speaks this dialect from Africa, he can can, understand that John is speaking the language. It's not – I'll just put the other alternative there – it's not – the miracle wasn't in the hearing. The miracle wasn't that these guys are speaking, oh, yeah, 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 you know, uh, Aramaic or whatever language they spoke, Greek. And whoever was there, the miracle wasn't like a babel fish. Yeah, yeah. You know that they yeah. could hear whatever, whatever. You know yeah, that yeah. wasn't the miracle. The miracle was. Yeah. They spoke languages that they previously yeah. hadn't learned. Yeah. Little reference to Douglas Adams' yeah, uh, Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. There. Uh, yeah, that's right. It, it, it wasn't up. a gift of uh, hearing uh, of yeah, the ability to hear. It actually, yeah. and and that's important because the them speaking ability to speak different languages so that everyone could understand is essentially uh, a sign yes. of reversal, a very important sign of the reversal of something. That, of course, is the curse of Babel. Yeah. Um, so, if we go back to uh, the Tower of Babel, this is the moment where God confused the languages mm. so that people would not uh, understand each other. And it's um, it's interesting to look at why God does this. Genesis chapter 11, I'm in. So, uh, it says in verse 6, 
the Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, which is an act of rebellion, okay? Um, Because the the, the issue is they've all come together and let's create... Let's be self-subsistent, yeah. self you know, make a name let's for ourselves. Yeah, let's be, let's become God in a yeah. sense uh, together. Um, if as one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Yeah. Uh, if they if they all speak the same language, yeah. then nothing will be impossible for them. Yeah. Uh, and so, come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, what happens here is that. Now they do understand each other, and I think this is that the point here is not. It's, it transcends language, because in a sense, what the Tower of Babel is doing is because human beings have really rebelled against God. Mm. This is going to lead to a an inevitable fragmentation of humanity. Uh, humanity are, are not going to be. Um, uh, in harmony with each other anymore, but are going to break off into frag- you know, fragmented kingdoms, right? Uh, which is, in fact, is how the you know different languages and uh, came about in the first place. So, um, so what's happening here is that this is they are being united in one kingdom under you know under one Lord, speaking the same language. You know, in a in a sense, that doesn't mean that yep. all Christians speak the same language, but we do in the sense that we that we speak the language of the Spirit. We speak the language of the Holy Spirit, which uh, uh, which is not about literally speaking uh, uh, a you know like literally all speaking English or yes. you know uh, it's it's something actually transcendent to that. Yes. So so this is uh, a, an important moment of. Of reversal, and this is actually going to signify the fact that God is not just about one nation, but all nations. Yes. So now, now uh, having scattered people under the Genesis eleven curse, what God, what is going to begin to happen now is that God is now drawing people in. Yes, is actually gathering people. Yeah. This, the, the it's hard to. It's hard to overstate the importance of this sign, yeah. uh, that they're all speaking languages. It's that this is the swivel moment. This is the moment of turning from the frag- you know, the um, scattering of the nations. Now that's changed. Now all of that gets turned around. Now is the time for the gathering of the nations. Yeah. That's what's signified under this. And it's also, there's also... Um a, and you might have, I don't know where your other fingers are there in the Old Testament there, Matt, but you might already be on onto this. Yeah, I'll there, get to that in a moment because that's important too. Yeah. There, there, there were prophecies. There was negative. There was a negative side to the prophecies here in the Old Testament. Old mm. Testament prophesi- prophesied mm. that, "Hey, Jerusalem, when you hear these other languages, yeah, it shows that God is doing something. You know, something else." Uh, what are you referring to? Okay, I need, I'm going to have to go find. I'm going to have to go find the actual prophecy. Myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So, but the the interesting th- uh, thing that is connected to this is that this this idea. Okay, so we've got this idea of this signifies that God is no longer scattering, but God is now gathering. Mm. And what you see, and I'm going to just jump to the end of chapter two. What you see at the end of chapter two is a is a diverse people becoming one. So this is you see this um, in uh, verse forty-two, right at the end. Yep. And, and I'm and I'm skipping to this bit because this is in a sense the this is the fruit of the spirit. Um, this is the first sort of fruit of the spirit that's pointed out here. Um, is that they 
verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, many signs and uh, wonders, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Yep. So there's this unity that they've, this new kind of unity that, that they have. And it says here that um, uh, all believers, uh, so it says verse 45, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need uh, and so forth. They break bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Um, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Okay, so there's this gathering effect here. But what's happening is that they are they're being gathered under one Lord into under one purpose, and essentially they're fulfilling uh, something that was always idealized in the law of Moses, which is a state. And and, and I had my finger here in um, Deuteronomy chapter fourteen, which is the law of tithing, uh, which is all about creating a shared. Uh, a shared existence and 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 the law uh states that um uh, it says, uh, be sure to set aside a tenth of all your fields that, that your fields produce each year, eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and oil, and the firstborn uh, of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name right? yeah 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 <laughs> which is the temple right <laughs> so the idea here is that you bring your tithe it's that you share centrally you unite together uh, in one place um, and he says uh, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always uh, so uh, so in a sense what Luke is is showing here is that the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of this gathering principle here yes. that's stated, this sharing principle. Now now we're creating a shared, a new kind of shared life that was always envisaged in the law mm. of tithing. So they don't consider that their possessions their own. They share everything that they have. That's not just the 10%. That's going way beyond the 10%. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's, I mean, even in uh, chapter 15, it's you know the year of cancelling debts and th- this idea, uh, these these laws that would uh, to d- designed to remind them that they share something in common, uh, that they're to live a shared life, mm. uh, and you get that. And in fact, the word share uh, to share it coin uh, coiner in yes. in. Um, uh, in Greek, is the word for fellowship here. It's it's the word for share, for fellowship. So, you know, they're described as having a shared kind of, you know, existence. Yeah. And that essentially, that's what, for example, you know, when we talk about tithing today, actually it's all designed to create a common purse for a common cause yeah. because, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Yes. So it's about drawing at least, I would say, at least 10% uh, into a common, uh, sort of a, a common centralized purse to create this shared existence yeah. because we are the temple. We're the temple of uh, the new temple yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's what Luke is, wants to show, how they are fulfilling really what, I mean, and in a sense, if you follow the history of Israel, there's never the, these laws in Deuteronomy of this shared life. It was very much idealized in the law, but never quite fulfilled. What yeah. Luke is saying is that 
right now there's a fulfillment of that law in this uh, in this early community uh, yeah. uh, uh, they are fulfilling what uh, the law of Moses always had in mind yeah a lot of, yeah. It's, it, there's so much in here so we get now we get a picture of what does it look like you know we have this experience of, of the crowd rushing hearing everyone you know speaking in their native languages it's like okay We've, they, you know, God has got their attention. Yeah. You know, God has got their mm. attention, and then we have, you know, the leader of the pack, our dear friend Peter, stand up, and now we, in Peter mm. we get to see the 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 fulfillment of Jesus's promises to them. Yeah. What does this mean when you will have the Holy Spirit and you will be able to? you know, finally fulfill and be in power. What does this actually mean? Well, let's see, you know, yeah, we, we right, see yeah. it firsthand with Peter because Peter stands up and he is able to quote, you know, the Old Testament. He's able to bring scripture. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit in our lives today, mm. I believe, yeah. he brings the scriptures to mind to apply yeah, to the situations. Right. Yeah. He's able to speak powerfully into these people's lives. Yeah. And there's great fruit from what what you know Peter says. That's right. Uh, you know, it's a ama- it's an amazing because yeah, people it, you know onlookers are thinking, man, you guys are you guys are drunk too much or something. Yeah. And um and the point is no, uh, they haven't drunk too much because remember we're, this is a feast period. Yeah. So yeah. and it's in the uh, morning. Yeah, and it's in the morning, right? They said, no, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. I mean, we really, come on. Uh, No, he says, this is fulfillment. So, you know, again, like we've been saying, so much of this is about fulfillment. And he points to Joel chapter two, uh, which says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will, will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they, and they will prophesy. So, and, and it goes on but this is uh, just to say something about that so what he's saying in other words is that uh, the Holy Spirit that under the old covenant was only uh, in this sense yes. I mean because of course uh, the Holy Spirit was of course working in people's hearts and, and, and in, in this special sense yes. uh, of this is special empowering sense yeah. this is Really, something that was only experienced by priests, prophets, and kings. So the Holy Spirit would come upon a and prophet, the, and, an and they would te- prophesy. Yeah, and an Old Testament writer, whoever the Old Testament writer yeah. was, would often point that out. And yeah, now, yeah. You know, and in you know, Samson came over here, and the Holy Spirit That's came right. upon him, and away he went. That's right. This prophet stood up, and the Holy Spirit yeah. came upon them, and away they went. Yeah, that's right. It was often pointed out that this is a unique occurrence. The Holy Spirit just, you know, yeah. f- you know, fills that person in, in yeah. that moment, and then, you know, then they're back to normal. Yeah, that's right. And there's a, there seems to be a special focus here on that. Well, I mean. Priests, of course, were were anointed. It was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And then you got the, the you know the prophets that were anointed. So, but the, here's the thing: what he's saying, uh, and what Joel is saying in this prophecy, in uh, and and you know Joel is you know hundreds of years before. Yeah. What Joel is predicting is that what was given to only a few people yes. under the old covenant yep. to do certain special things under the new covenant will be given to 
all God's people. That's the significance of your sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. These are the sorts of things that happen to prophets, special people. Uh, but now it's to everyone. Well, Even but, on my servants, both men and women, well, I'll just, I will pour I, I, out. And, I'll, and, and I'll just to point out, okay, we don't because we don't sort of get it here in that yeah. verse, verse 18, that word for servants is slaves. Yeah, yeah. And so the point there that Joel was saying and Peter is saying is that you're not only for your sons and daughters, but even for the slaves that are yeah, in your household, right. yeah. I will pour out my spirit on, yeah, the, on, that's on right. that. You yeah, know, absolutely. Going across cultural lines, going across all these different, yeah. you know, di- you know, these different things. This is a whole new way of doing. That's things. right. So, so God had said to Moses about the the people, you know, this people of Israel, that they were to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Uh, so this is. This is the moment where they become a kingdom of priests because there was a priesthood, a special priesthood before, uh, but now God is anointing all of his people to have this priestly prophetic ministry uh, to the nations. And so this, and what he also points, you know, the implication of this passage here is uh, that this will happen in the last days. Yeah. So from this point, we're officially in the last days. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, uh, two thousand years yeah, later. Two thousand years later, because I mean, and and you know, Jesus talked about this in Matthew twenty four, this period of ingathering, mm. um, when uh, you know that the end will not come until the gospel has gone out to all. You know, yeah. the gospel will go out to the ends of the earth, then the end will come. So uh, this is this moment of ingathering. Uh, this is the moment when the harvest is going to be gathered into the barn, and w- once that is completed, once the full number uh, uh, has been drawn in, as Paul says in in one place, uh, that's you know that's, that's, that's what closes off this this period. So this is now, the last days. A lot of times when we look at the day of Pentecost, we love to sit in 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 Joel. You know, like yep. Peter, Peter yep. prophes- Peter uh, stands up as in a very prophetic way, quotes the prophet, applies the scripture, reminds them about Jesus. But here I'm going to lo- yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, lobbing yeah. you up a softball because I know your yeah, passion yeah, and your yeah. heart. But he then goes to Psalm 16. Yeah, yeah, love and, it. And 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 quotes Psalm 16. What's the significance well, there? Well, he uh, uh, Psalm 110 uh, is, is is important it? here. Yeah, Psalm 110. I saw the. Uh, uh, well, he goes to. Um, uh, oh no! Sorry, yes, Psalm sixteen. Ah, uh, yes, sorry, goes to Psalm sixteen. Sorry, I'm thinking. Well, um, <laughs> he, he does go after that to uh, to Psalm 110. Yes, yes. So let me yeah. say about those Quite two psalms. Yep. So, um, so Psalm Psalm 110. Uh, sorry, Psalm sixteen uh, is a psalm that predicts the the resur- resurrection, or or um, that sort of prefigures that uh, in, in a sense. You have made known. Uh, because you will not abandon your me to the grave, David says, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Holy yeah. One is the word Messiah. So you will not let your Messiah see decay. So in a very special sense, this applies to Jesus. Yes. This is what now links to Psalm 110, because Psalm 110 uh, says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Wow. Okay, so what had just happened? Jesus had ascended to the right hand of God in fulfillment of Daniel chapter 7, okay? Um, So the Son of Man uh, appeared before the Ancient of Days, sitting at the right hand of of, of, uh, God in heaven. Yeah. Until, so come and sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Mm -hmm. So in other words, 
Jesus is going to be seated at the right hand while his enemies are made a footstool for his feet, and then he's going to return. So this is, in a sense, what Peter is saying, is that the risen Christ has ascended into heaven, and and he talks about the uh, that now he's exalted in his sermon. He says, this Jesus whom you crucified is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Yes. Um, So... In a sense, this is Invasion Day. This is D-Day. Really, this is D-Day for the beginning of the end. Okay. uh, Because uh, Jesus has seated at the right hand of the the Father in heaven, and he is now going to begin to make his enemies a footstool for his feet. Wow. Okay. So, so this is this is what's happening now in this period, and that's the quotation of both of those psalms together. Brings yeah, that's that, right. Brings that picture, yeah. picture out. So, so Psalm sixteen speaks to the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, psalm one hundred and ten speaks to the uh, the ascension of Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Um, so, at, at, which is what he said um, that. Um, God has verse 32 God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact uh, exalted to the right hand of God he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear so this is by the power of the Holy Spirit yeah He's making his enemies a footstool for his feet. I, I, this is just rich stuff yeah uh, I think so so in a sense there is this um, uh, this is to to swap metaphors. This is light going out into the darkness. Now, this mm-hmm. is the light of God being poured out, uh, uh, going and and conquering the darkness. And so, um, what he's what in a sense he's announcing uh, is that Jesus is taking charge. This is the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus is taking charge. Yeah, give your lives to Jesus. He's he's purchased your life. He's coming to claim you. That's this is the announcement, really, of the gospel. Yes, um, that that Jesus is establishing His kingdom uh, in our lives, in the world, right now. And, and it's 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 fascinating. I love the fact that you know this is so many firsts. You know, in chapter two here, this is the yeah. this is the you know the first. This is the birth of the church. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is when we say the church yeah. began on this day. Yeah. This is the first, you know, um, experience we have of what does it look like for a group of people to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, to yeah. be sealed, you know, to, to have the Holy Spirit, to be what we now consider to be a Christian. And then we see Peter in action. What does it actually look like to be, um, you know, empowered by that? But also... What is the first gospel message preached yeah, to convert people? I was just about to go there, so I'm glad you. You know, like what, what is question. what is the gospel? What is this message that we want to have out there? Well, Peter goes. Well, let me show you what it's what it's yeah, going to so be. Preached. How, so, how do we respond? I mean, the first thing is that uh, he says this. Uh, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So, he's calling them to go from. Enmity, you know, enmity with God yep. to being reconciled to God. So essentially, the first step is is a call to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Amazing. That's the first part of this. Uh, uh, and of course, um, then there is this because something amazing has happened. Because this is it's not just about being forgiven; it's about being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, because what they have experienced, as Jesus promised, uh, in a few days you'll. You know, John baptized you with water, but in a few days I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, right? Mm. 
So they're baptized with holy, the Holy Spirit and with fire. So what he's pointing out here is that this is how this can happen to you. Because remember, 120 people in the upper room have experienced this baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm. Uh, so how, and this, you know, in a sense, this answers the question for us all. Yeah. How can I? How can I too be baptized with the Holy Spirit yeah. uh, and, and fire yeah. in that symbolic sense? Yeah. And the, uh, he gives the answer, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So repent, turn away from the old, turn away from enmity with God, yeah. be reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. And signify that commitment that it's that that's a you know that mo- it's baptism really that is mm. our the the, our the moment yep. is that moment where we make a covenant with God we enter into a covenant with God through Jesus Christ mm. you know we we formally become one of those people now it doesn't you know if you've given your life to Jesus in your heart um, you know you you belong to God but actually God wants us to symbolize this through. Baptism, and I—I I mean, I feel like we don't put enough emphasis on this. These, it's just like, oh yeah, maybe I will, maybe I'll do, maybe when I'm ready. No, actually, do you want to follow Jesus or not? And if yeah. you want to follow Jesus, this is how we make our covenant with God. Mm. Um, uh, so, uh, repent and be baptized. Turn away from that. Be reconciled to God, and enter into a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. Become one of God's people. Yeah. And when you do that, you will be baptized uh, really in a sense as you do that you will be baptized with the holy spirit paul says uh, in ephesians uh you know that you were you you were uh, can't think of the exactly way that he puts it but he says you know when you believed you received the holy spirit when you know when you believed the good news responded to in a sense yeah. this message yes um so i think that um that really uh is becomes the the way in, in in a sense this is the official sort of beginning of the new covenant era mm, mm. in a sense right here uh this is this D- is dare, the, I, dare i use the word dispensation in this the, the beginning <laughs> of a new dispensation I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing i'm teasing there's one 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 little point here and i want we, we we're running out of yeah. time so we're wrapping up here consider chapters one and two done yeah. on, on on this episode the birth of the church and and peter's sermon here to cut to, cut to the end here three thousand uh, people get yeah. saved under that under that message yeah. on that day. Amazing, amazing! Yeah. Like what Jesus prophesied was going to happen, yeah. and what he said was going to happen. You know, this yeah, is, absolutely yeah. it, it actually happened. Now, I've got one little one little point, and I and I'm, I've got a feeling like we've talked about this maybe even personally years ago. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus was prophesied about by John the Baptist, and that's yep. what you're alluding to before when John the Baptist is talking to you know the Jews yep. and says you know yep. about Jesus coming, and he is and he's talking about judgment. And he's talking about the winnowing fan. He's talking about the wheat and the you know he's he's yep. got all those pictures in there, and then he talks about you know um, you know he talks about you know he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. Now I I understand that things can be interpreted different ways, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I've always I've always taken that to mean because he's talking about winnowing fans, because he's talking about chaff, because he's talking about judgment. Yeah, the Holy Spirit part of it is good. Yeah, and the fire is the judgment okay. part of it. Like he he will and Christ will ultimately judge the world in those yeah, who are yeah. with me and for those who are not fire. You know, type yeah. of thing. Uh, yeah. 
And, and, and I know that it's no, no, that that, yeah. that works actually because uh, the the fire also in um, is you know associated with uh, purification as well, one hundred percent. And so th- there is a purifying, uh, you know, in the same way that you know through the you know gold being drawn out of rock, mm. you know, was through fire, and yes. so there's this refining fire element. So in a sense, and we're, uh, we're wo- going gonna to see this yeah. in Acts as well, like the, the, pro you to the next episode. But what we saw with the temple, uh, uh, sorry, the tabernacle with Moses and the Holy Spirit operating yeah. back then, we get a pattern of that again in the early church with the apostles and what the Holy Spirit does, and for those who like to. Play around yeah, yeah. with a commitment no, we're to this. See that in chapter five, yeah. We're going to see, in my view, like what what you know John alludes to with the fire part, as in like you mess around with this, yeah. you're you're going to get burnt. Yeah, I, I think y- yes, uh, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, but but I I think a more important idea is is that idea of ref- you know the the fire that refines and. Yes. Um, because you know Jesus says in John sixteen that when the Holy Spirit can't, when He the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world yes. with regard to sin. You know, yeah. so it's that convicting role of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because as it, in fact here we see that they're already cut to the heart. Yes, you know, wow. uh, and and so even there that there's the. You know that 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 work of the Holy Spirit as they're as they're cut to the heart. That's the, already the fire, in a sense, it's, is it, doing its refining. This is what I part. love. Jesus, Jesus said when it talked about the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do in our life? Convicts us of sin. Yeah. Convicts us of righteousness. Yeah. And convicts us of the judgment to come. Yeah. That's what right. does Peter do? Yeah. He talks about their sin. Yeah. He talks about Jesus' righteousness. He talks <laughs> about the judgment to come. Yeah. What does the Holy Spirit do? Into the into yeah, the list right. of arts, yeah. does exactly the same thing, and they repent. And it's it's yeah. such an amazing picture. That's right. So that's the you know that's the fire. You know, part is it has that refining sort of element, and that's okay. a you know that's a saving. That you know that's a, a it's funny. Sa- it's funny how you you, you you naturally get uh, refining, yeah, yeah. and I naturally. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tip. that's a big thing about our personalities here. I think that says a lot there. About but I, that. you know, it's it's such a overall. It's such a rich chapter. The combination of oh. what is fulfilled. Uh, on that day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Spirit, you know the lang- the, the the fire, the the languages, yes. uh, the fact that that people, it's you get this this big burst of ingathering, like yeah. three thousand were added to their number that day, right? This big burst of ingathering from people all over the place. And imagine, and, and so so as we as we finish, you know, Acts chapter two here, as we yeah. begin, I, this is a really good point, and I'm glad you mentioned it. Mm. Practically, let's put ourselves in, in their, sh- their, mm. their feet. You might go to a congregation right now. You listening, you listening wherever you are, you might go to a church of 100 people, yeah. 200 people, yeah. some, you know, 80 people, whatever it is. Yeah. Imagine by something miraculous on Sunday, yeah. 3,000 people rocked up <laughs> and got saved and wanted to join your church. Yep. What in the world do yep. you do? That's where we have. That's where we like next. You know, on our next episode, yeah, yeah. that's where we're facing this little band of believers who were persec- not persecuted yet, but were petrified yeah. because you know of what was yeah. happening. They didn't know what you know how it was all yeah, going to work yeah. out. All of a sudden, there's three thousand yeah. of them. I know. It's and it's good to picture that yeah. because, um, but it, I mean, you know, and it's. Uh, 
because we have this we have this tendency to look at this early, and this is my yeah, little yeah, yeah. this is my little leaning here. And, I'm, and, I, and I don't want to be sacrilegious or blasphemous yeah. at all. We have a t- tendency to read this at the beginning of, of, of Acts and go, oh, man, that's, that's what the church should have been. I want to have that type of church. Like, we have a tendency to think that this is, mm. the, this is it, right? Yeah. This is the pattern. This is the way it should be. This is the per- perfect thing. But when you practically actually put yourself in your mindset, I would be like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> this is a. This is. This well, is a. Pre- it's. Uh, you know, I was going to say it's. <laughs> uh, it, it. It actually that adding of the three thousand that day is actually important because it's another sign. Yes, it's another sign of an of an in gathering. Now, what we're going to see from this point on yeah. is that it's a steady stream, right? yes. yes, which is much more manageable. Yeah, but it's necessary for. You know that oh. that moment of yeah. and, uh, hundred, of, and hundreds of and hundreds of people to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, very very soon within within um, within the first year, we get a point here where there's where there's at least well over ten thousand yeah, people. That's right, because it says at the end of the chapter, and the Lord added to their number daily those yeah. who are being saved. So you get this initial burst, and the initial burst is important because it's the the whole theme of ingathering, um, and of course it's the day of Pentecost, and there's been amazing signs yeah. and, and so forth. But the, in gathering, you know, the three thousand is actually one of those signs, mm. and 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 following that, in in fulfilment of that, you get this steady stream of people flowing uh, into the church. So it's almost there's this sense that the Holy Spirit is flowing out, and people are flowing in, and I think that's that's. I that's guess beautiful. that's the thing that needs to, you know, that the church in its healthiest forms, yeah. that's what it looks like. Amen. The Holy Spirit flows in through and out yeah. uh, over all obstacles, yeah. you know, and and people are flowing in. And I think that's a real challenge for the church today for us to look at ourselves and, you know, if we're going to. If we're going to go to God with this and say, God, let this be now, <laughs> it's going to look like, Lord, uh, you know, let's have that flow uh, through and out, you know, through us, and let's have a flow of people coming into your covenant community and seeing your temple being built in the world today. Now, I know I sound a little bit like Australia's television legend, Big Kev, but I am excited. I'm excited about going through the book of Acts and to see how Jesus' words will be fulfilled. Don't forget, at the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus says, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Is that going to be fulfilled? In the book of Acts. Well, let's keep listening and reading to find out. Stay with us as we've got another five episodes as we go through this quarter's Thrive Daily Reading Guide on the book of Acts. I'm so excited to go through this with you. Now, don't forget, I'm also excited to offer you a specially discounted half price Deeper Places. Matthew's book on the spirituality of the Psalms can be all yours with that listener's special offer. Just use the word thrive. All right, we'll see you in a fortnight on Thrive Deeper. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. 
You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.